Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Thank you, and welcome. I'm delighted that you are here today. My guest is Michelle May. She is a former family doctor. She's located out in Arizona. She's a member of the baby boomer generation. She currently leads a company called Am I Hungry? Mindful Eating Programs and Trainings. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Rob. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your role in healthcare, please. Sure. Well, I was a former family physician, as you said. I actually practiced for 16 years, but that overlapped for a few years with um, a passion project where I started working with people who had difficult relationships with food, which, as you know, in medicine is very, very, very common. And I came to that due to my own personal experience, my own struggle with Mm -hmm. eating. And over time, it kind of took on a life of its own. And so eventually, I ended up leaving my private practice to do this kind of work full time and hopefully uh, bring this into the medical community from a more uh, perhaps uh, detailed place than I could do when I was still in practice. Okay. So... I've heard of mindfulness and I've heard of people, you know, doing, working on their diet, so to speak, but I have not heard of kind of the crossover of bringing the two together. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Yeah. So as you know, mindfulness is simply awareness of the present moment without judgment. That's one of the popular um, practical definitions. Well, eating in our culture is loaded with judgments, (laughs) lots of judgment about good food and bad food, and therefore good patients and bad patients, or I was good or I was bad. And so what ends up happening is that people get stuck in this all or nothing thinking. We see it with yo-yo dieting, we see it in weight cycling, we see it in people uh, air quote, being bad during the holidays and then making a New Year's resolution. And so what mindfulness does is it brings um, more of a balanced view to the eating where we're looking at each decision in the present moment. So I know that sounds weird, like how could that help? But we all know about good food and bad food and eat less, exercise more. But what what mindful eating does instead is it says, okay, I feel like eating. What's happening right now? What physical sensations do I have? What thoughts am I having? What emotions am I having? What is the social circumstance here? And then from that place, the person can make a decision about whether they're going to eat, how much they're going to eat, what they're going to eat, and so forth. And so it really it really is sort of an inside-out approach versus an outside-in approach. Okay. And hence the name of the company, Am I Hungry? Or is this is this a you know a reaction to something? Is this a, a pre-programmed you know response or or am I legitimately hungry? Is that am I understanding that properly? 
Yeah, that's a great simple that's a great simple understanding of it. Now, to clarify and there's there's always nuances here. If you're not hungry, you can still eat. I mean, we're not trying to create another set of diet rules that people have to follow. Sure. It's simply about having awareness. It's part of normal eating to sometimes eat for pleasure or convenience. But what we're trying to do is help people as you as you noted become in touch with what their habits are, what their programs are to help them have more consciousness around what they're doing with food. Okay. And I'll just say this. I come from a family where the joke is that we don't eat because we're hungry. We eat because it's time to eat. Uh, and that's, that's just how the, the dynamic works. Uh, what does quality healthcare mean to you? Well, specifically from this very narrow lens that I now look at it, I, I think quality healthcare means looking at the whole person, uh, their well-being, not just a number on the scale, not a BMI calculation, but what is their overall picture of health? So part of that has um, evolved into doing a lot of reading of the scientific literature about weight-based care and coming to the conclusion that weight-centric care act has actually really damaged the way that we interact with our patients and has caused some physicians to make assumptions about people and, and truly cr create some weight stigma that can affect the quality of care. Okay. So when you talk about weight-based care, I'm assuming you're not just talking about what we would what we would refer to as bariatric patients, like people that are morbidly, you know, obese or morbidly so, it sounds to me like you're talking about a, a kind of care that's going to affect a broader population than that. Can you give me some more insight into that? Yeah, it it affects everybody. Um, throughout history, people have always been in a variety of body sizes. This is not new. You can look at art and, and other historical references. It's, it's normal for human bodies to exist across a spectrum. We have an age now where we have, uh, partly because of social media, partly because of other issues that are going on, interventions that are available and that sort of thing, where there's become a, a tendency for healthcare to look first at somebody's body weight as a measure of whether they're healthy or not. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, it, it, it's, it's nuanced, but for example, so BMI is a, is, as we all know, a ratio of height and weight. And then there are these charts that we're all familiar with that are red, green, and yellow. But in fact, when you look at the research, you can't actually predict with, you know, ultimate accuracy whether somebody's healthy or not. Um, you may guess that they may have risk factors, but I think oftentimes it's taken beyond that. Um, for, for example, some of my some of the people I've worked with uh, told me that physicians assumed that they didn't eat healthy and they didn't exercise based on a number on the scale when that wasn't the case at all. Mm. Similarly, a person in a small body, a, a physician may assume that they have let's say, quote, unquote, healthy behaviors, when in fact, they may not at all, they may have, um, you know, chronic dieting behaviors, or even an eating disorder, maybe they don't pay any attention to nutrition, but genetically, they're sort of pre programmed to be in a smaller body. And so 
I guess what I would ask uh, the healthcare system to do is to not let your personal biases about a person's body weight affect the care you deliver. Instead, ask the same questions of all of your patients, not screening them based on body size alone. Does that make sense, Ron? No, it does. Yeah, it does. And I will just say from this viewpoint, all right, so I am, uh, I'm a quadriplegic and I am been very careful with what I eat for the last five or six years. And my BMI has me at, uh, you know, and this is the the funny thing to me. It's a healthy weight, right? Um, and we talk about weight being, weight being directly tied to health. And, and yet they're just because I have, just because I weigh a certain amount and, um, you know, fit on the BMI scale doesn't change the fact that, or doesn't, convey the fact that there's a whole lot of other stuff that's going on with me with sedentary lifestyle and other issues that I may, I may be experiencing that are not healthy because I'm not, I'm not exercising. I'm not moving. I'm not doing all those things. And yet, as long as I fit the weight number, then that seems to be the, the end all and be all of where we focus with that. Is that, I'm assuming it fits exactly with what you're talking about. It's an it's a really great example because what what what's really happening here is we're using sort of a lazy metric for putting people into categories. Let me let me take this even a step farther, and that is that even the term morbid obesity is loaded with stigma. I mean, and and you and I know that what we're talking about is some medical um, medical terminology, but patients when they hear this it's it's shocking to them because first of all morbid immediately means that we assume that they're going to die from this body size and even the word obesity stems from latin meaning having eaten too much which makes a ton of assumptions about somebody's behavior that really doesn't reflect what what's going on necessarily so i tend you know i i realize that we have some some things happening in medicine that maybe I as an individual don't have a lot of influence over. But I do think that when we're face-to-face with patients, it behooves us to see them as an individual, ask the appropriate questions, and then work with their strengths and limitations rather than just categorizing them and, and giving them pat advice. Yeah, and the words that we use have a powerful impact on people, even if, even when used in a clinical situation. So very interesting. Can you give me an example of quality healthcare? Um, Okay. A good example um, coming from somebody that I worked with not that long ago was she had chronic knee pain. Um, she had seen a couple of different doctors, including a primary care and an orthopedist. And she heard a few comments that actually I, I hate to repeat, um, but only I, I will only in the sense of don't ever let something like this come out of your mouth. Something like, um, well, what do you expect? You're landing a 747 on Piper wheels. Hmm. And in another case, um, the physician said, well, you trying to lose weight is like trying to cook a turkey with a candle. 
I mean, obviously really painful, awful things, but clearly divulged the, the, the physician's bias, not necessarily the, the patient's true case. In actuality, she was a college, high school and college athlete and had, you know, had some degenerative joint disease, as you would expect. And my suggestion to her was to ask her next physician, okay, I've been advised to lose weight many times in the past. I'm, I'm sure that would be helpful, um, but it hasn't been successful so far. So what would you tell a thin patient who came in with knee pain? Can we start there? Mm. I, I love it. So you're you're reframing the the context to say you're making assumptions about me because of my weight. Let's look at the actual issue and uh, you know separate it from the the weight thing and and let's see if somebody else came in with this. Yeah, I love it. It's a great idea. So what do you wish people understood about your role in healthcare? Well, I have the really fortunate position now of being. Uh, a physician who practices outside the bounds of of a of a clinical setting, and so what I wish physicians and other healthcare professionals understood is that there are experts in eating. You, know, you should be referring people to dietitians if they need nutrition advice, rather than trying to tell them what what your latest diet is. Um, I wish physicians would stop telling people to lose weight. Statistically, we have very poor long-term results with every intervention that's available. And of course, we don't have enough data yet to know what's going to happen with the newer weight loss drugs, although we do know that when people stop, they will regain their weight. So I wish physicians would focus more on small changes that patients are able and willing to make that would improve their well-being rather than just giving them advice to lose weight, which I guarantee you all of your patients have already tried many times before. Okay, let's talk about this because when some, when the physician says you need to lose weight, the almost full responsibility of that falls onto the patient. Like I've got to do some, and what you're talking about is finding supports for the patient so that as they engage in this process and they are they're attempting to, you know, to change their weight, to change their lifestyle, to change the way that they eat. You're saying, let's get them, let's refer them to supports rather than making them carry this burden all alone. Am I properly framing that? Um, almost. So I'm actually suggesting that we take weight out of the conversation altogether. Okay. Um, I'll, um, I'll provide a reference article. I was part of a review article that was published in the uh, Nutrition and Clinical Practice Journal that, that gives an overview of the evidence for taking a weight-inclusive approach in healthcare versus a weight-centric approach. So okay. for those who want to do a little deeper dive, I would, I would take weight out of the, occasion, out of the equation altogether. I think weight is sometimes a consequence or a side effect of behavior change, but we can get positive results from physical activity and improvements in nutrition and uh, better sleep and stress management and taking our blood pressure medicines and monitoring our blood glucose if we have diabetes. We can get positive results from interventions that are not weight-based. 
And yes, weight may change as a result of that, but I think we should stop looking at, at weight as the primary reason to make these changes. Okay. Uh, makes perfect sense. I appreciate the clarification. Uh, what excites you about the future of healthcare? Well, I'd like to say that we are moving in this direction. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, there, there's a lot of changes going on now with the GLP-1s and everything, all the excitement around that. I think it remains to be seen how that will play out, um, but I'm very interested to see. Um, I am excited, though, that there's a lot more physicians, dietitians, and other healthcare professionals who are looking at mindful eating as an alternative to restrictive dieting and the eat less, exercise more paradigm. So we'll see how it how it goes. But I think one day we're going to look back and go, oh, yeah, we, we did that diet thing way too long. It, it wasn't working and we had the evidence and we ignored it and just kept going. All right. I, I hope that we get to that day as well. So last question for you. What is one thing medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? See your patient as an individual. Uh, try not to look at their body size as who they are or some um, automatic, um, uh, simple way of assessing their risk, risk profile. Ask the questions, do the lab work, look at their blood pressure, do the things you would for a person in a smaller body, even if they're in a larger body. Okay. It, I think what you just said is so important from this viewpoint. I, I told you that I'm a quadriplegic, but that's, that is not the entirety of who I am. I've got a bunch of other stuff that goes on with me. And so when I come in to the office, there are some doctors who get as far as the quadriplegia and that's kind of the extent of where they go and uh, and they're missing out on the entirety of my life and the fact that I'm in there for for the reason that I need I want to be healthy I want to be able to be active and to be a part of my community I've got a wife I've got three kids I want to be part of that world and it's not just about treating me for my quadriplegia. It is treating me as an individual who wants to be independent and mm. be part of the community. And you miss out on that when you look strictly at diagnosis. And it sounds to me like you're saying the exact same thing applies to people when they come in and, you know, the weight can be an issue and it becomes a fixated issue. Have I properly summarized that? Beautifully. It's it it's very helpful actually to help move it outside of this because weight stigma and weight bias is so strong. A lot of people have implicit bias, they're not aware of their biases, but by when you can take it out and say, Okay, well, what if this was somebody who who had quadriplegia? How would I how would I if I just put in the word weight for everywhere, how would I approach that? And I think that's a really important way of looking at it. Wonderful. Well, listen, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you. Uh, I will, uh, you mentioned that article. If you send me the link to that, I will include it in the show notes and I'll encourage people to check you out and see what you have going on. I respect you and I appreciate your perspective on healthcare. Thanks for listening to Perspectives on Healthcare. Visit PerspectivesOnHealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. 
If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.